Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the founder and head coach at Straight Shot Training, a remote personal training company with an emphasis on helping people of all fitness levels feel better, move better, and live better with progressive functional strength and conditioning workouts. Today, we're going to talk about sweat, what it is, where it comes from, why we do it, and why it's actually healthy. Along the way, we're going to dispel some myths about sweating and give you some tips for rehydrating and replenishing your body after a sweat-filled workout. But before we jump into this topic, I want to share with you a testimonial from one of our awesome straight shot athletes, Elaine. Elaine says, 15 months ago, after some unmonitored over-exercise that led to injury and the possibility of yet another round of physical therapy, I began working with straight shot coach Steve Jones. While we're different in age, we are similar in some essential ways. We both like a challenge. He is encouraging and supportive and seems to take great joy when I am able to meet the physical demands his coaching invites. If I make a mistake, he is quick to suggest a way to correct it and is great about showing, not just telling me how it's done. His own level of fitness and instructional Instagram videos show me that his words and his actions match. That inspires me. We work out in my garage fitness center and home parking lot, maximizing opportunities to breathe fresh, unfiltered air. Steve is always on time, masked, and ready to go. Did I mention that I'm about to be 76 years old in less than two weeks? Although I have had to accept the normal frustrations of diminishing physical capacity that go with aging, Steve helps me by adapting my workouts that keep me moving despite these limitations. Because he has a thorough science-based knowledge of the human body's skeletal system and musculature, he knows how to help me get the most out of my workouts. While my aging process continues to present physical, emotional, and psychological challenges, I am better able to meet these challenges because our sessions ground me with a sense of strength and capacity. My knee bends are deeper, my breath more even, my arms and my legs stronger. I'm so grateful to Straight Shot for making it possible for us to have these in-person training sessions. Elaine is an incredible inspiration to athletes of all ages and fitness levels. Straight Shot trainers have clients in their teens all the way up through their 80s with a wide range of fitness levels in there. We focus on creating custom programs to progressively help each person achieve their fitness goals, learn how to move better, feel awesome, and enjoy the process along the way. If you'd like to learn more about how we can help you wherever you are, please check out straightshottraining.com. All right, let's get sweaty. So what is sweat? Well, it's primarily water, but it also contains electrolytes that are going to have essential roles in your body, which is why it's so important to replenish all of that water and those electrolytes. We'll get into that later. So other than water, your sweat also contains sodium and chloride most abundantly. Those are the most abundant electrolytes that will come out in your sweat. But there's also potassium, magnesium, and calcium that are going to be present in lower amounts in your sweat. Now, sodium and chloride are going to work together to help regulate and maintain proper fluid balance in your body, whereas magnesium, potassium, and calcium are essential for muscle function, 
And they also play an important role in energy metabolism or you turning the food that you eat into usable fuel for your muscles. So when you sweat, all this water is coming out, but also all of these electrolytes and these minerals are coming out, which is why you have to replace all of those with more electrolytes minerals and of course water so when you're pouring out all of this sweat where does all of this sweat come from well there's sweat glands all over your body there's two main glands that produce our sweat and they're called eccrine glands and apocrine glands eccrine is spelled e-c-c-r-i-n-e and apocrine is spelled a-p-o-c-r-i-n-e eccrine and apocrine glands now, your eccrine glands are going to produce most of your sweat, especially the super watery kind that pours off of you during workouts. And I mean, I say watery, obviously, there's there's salt mixed in there, all of the electrolytes I talked about before. There's some protein that's mixed in with your sweat, urea, ammonia. There's a lot of stuff that comes out in your sweat that's a byproduct of your exercise or the mechanical work that you're doing when you are sweating. Now, these glands are all over your body but they're typically gonna be more concentrated in the spots where you get sweatier. Makes sense, right? So if you are a big you know, uh, forehead sweater, your face just pours sweat when you work out, you probably have more eccrine glands located on your forehead than you do maybe your legs. So legs and like forearms typically are gonna have less eccrine glands. I don't know. For me, I think they're pretty evenly distributed across my entire body because I sweat like crazy. Uh, especially during certain activities and exercise. We'll talk about why that is later on too. So those are your eccrine glands. Those are the ones that are going to be pouring out sweat that's actually not going to smell like anything. Now the ones that are going to smell, those are typically your apocrine glands. These glands are larger. They're typically located in higher concentrations in your armpit, your groin, around your chest. They're most of the time associated with body odor because they produce these concentrated fatty secretions. They're near hair follicles, near places where you tend to harbor more bacteria, so they typically smell the worst. This is why people say that stress sweat smells worse than like exercise sweat because the apocrine glands are the ones that are activated when you are stressed out, whereas the eccrine glands are the ones activated when your body temperature elevates. But we'll get more into that in just a bit here. Let's talk first though about why we sweat in the first place. So Besides just cooling down, there are many reasons why our body starts producing sweat. The nervous system is gonna control your sweat related to exercise and body temperature. So movement is gonna create this rise in body temperature because you have all of these muscles that are moving and all of that energy creates heat and so your body has to cool you down after that to try to get you back to the temperature that it can function at. So your hypothalamus is going to trigger your eccrine glands to start sweating. That sweat's going to get on your skin, it's going to evaporate off your skin and with evaporative cooling is going to cool your body down to a manageable temperature. And it's going to happen the entire time you're exercising. Keep pouring sweat, keep evaporating sweat, cool the body back to a, a, a manageable temperature during exercise. Now, emotional sweat or stress sweat is a little bit different. This is gonna come from your apocrine glands. It's not there so much for temperature regulation, but it's there in response to all of the hormonal rises that happen with the adrenaline rush that's there during the perceived threat or impending challenge or anything's gonna trigger the fight or flight response. So that's when the apocrine glands start to sweat is 
along with the adrenaline and cortisol rise that happen when you're stressed out. There are some studies that are looking into why exactly those glands are activated more so than the eccrine glands because to me, just thinking about it, you know, I would think if I was in a situation where I had to run away from an animal that was going to attack me, I started sweating, I would think, well, my eccrine glands should be getting activated because my body is seeing, okay, Johnny's going to start running away from this panther and I need to start sweating because his body is heating up. But it's not the eccrine glands that are being activated. It's the apocrine glands. And those are not really ones that are going to keep you cool. They're the ones that stink. So is it trying to make me stink so the panther doesn't want to eat me? There's also some studies that, that show that smelling someone's stress sweat can signal someone else's uh, nervous system in their brain to maybe pick up on the perceived threat. So maybe it was like something in us evolutionarily where we can signal each other through our sweat. Uh, when it comes to apocrine glands and these tests done on people finding other people's sweat attractive, like it helped, like it releases pheromones or something. Looking into it, uh, the studies are pretty split on that, whether or not it actually makes a difference. So we just know that emotional sweat triggers the apocrine glands and why exactly it does that. Uh, it, pick whatever you want it to be. I'm going to go with, I'm going to try to smell as bad as possible so that panther doesn't want to eat me because I just smell disgusting. So why do we smell bad when we sweat? Well, you may notice that most of the smell when you sweat is going to come from those areas with the apocrine glands, like I was talking about before. So these apocrine glands, the sweat they produce is actually a fatty secretion that the bacteria on your skin breaks down into these scented fatty acids. So the smell that you're smelling when you stress sweat or the smell that comes from those high bacteria areas on your body is really the waste product of a bacteria that's eating your sweat. So technically you don't stink, but the waste products of the bacteria that live near your apocrine glands do stink. So this is why if you haven't showered recently and your skin isn't covered in bacteria, you could do a solid workout or get stressed out, you could get really sweaty and still not smell that bad. However, if you haven't bathed recently, and you work up even just a very mild sweat, you can still smell really bad because it's just a matter of the bacteria on your skin and not necessarily your sweat and how much of your sweat is there. Now, one of the purposes of deodorant is it kills the bacteria that are feeding on the sweat that the apocrine glands are producing, in addition to the deodorant being slightly scented. So that's why you put deodorant on your armpits because there's a high concentration of apocrine glands there and they are pretty often triggered when you start sweating and because of it being an area where bacteria can live you know it's a body crevice so that tends to harbor bacteria more then the uh, the deodorant is going to stop the bacteria from being able to stay alive long enough to eat your sweat and then produce those fatty secretions uh, that smell sometimes pretty terrible but all of this sweating is actually healthy for you it's actually healthy to sweat People who can't sweat enough are not able to efficiently cool themselves during exercise. And they risk overheating in addition to having reduced performance in warmer temperatures. So if you can't sweat, you're not going to be, not going to be able to perform well whenever it's hot out. Healthy people actually sweat a lot during exercise. And I know that seems counterintuitive because typically people think, 
of an out of shape person being super sweaty during a workout, but healthy people can and should sweat a lot in warmer temperatures because they're able to perform a lot of mechanical work with their bodies. And all of that mechanical work is going to raise their body temperature and in turn is going to require cooling. So the more sweat, the better the cooling, the more work they can do in a session, the more work they do, the more sweat, the better the cooling just goes in a cycle. This is why some of the fittest people I know sweat profusely during their workouts. And if you can't sweat, couple of things might be happening here. First of all, if you can't sweat, you need to be really careful about exercising in hot temperatures because you can't cool yourself down. Uh, but one of the reasons why you might not be sweating is you may be underhydrated, meaning you're not drinking enough water, so your body's trying to hold on to it, or you may not be taking in, in, taking in enough electrolytes, specifically sodium. People on low-sodium diets typically sweat less because their body's trying to hold on to it, and have trouble cooling themselves during exercise. So you should, in the summer, probably be eating a little bit more salt than you do other times of the year when you're sweating less. Now, sweating is not essential to burn calories. So you can lose weight without sweating. It really has nothing to do with calorie burning. People think the more you sweat, the more calories you're burning. Now, obviously, if you're exercising, yeah, you're gonna be burning more calories, but sweating sitting in a sauna is not really gonna burn that many more calories than just sitting down somewhere. So the only reason you need to worry about your lack of sweat is that if you can't cool yourself down during your workouts and you end up overheated. If you live in colder temperatures or you exercise in a gym or an air-conditioned house and you are not you know, about to pass out by the end of the workouts because you can't cool yourself down, it's okay that you can't sweat. It does not mean that you are not burning calories just because you aren't sweating. Now, with all of that sweat, how do we properly rehydrate after a heavy workout where you're going to be sweating a lot? Well, since sweat is a mixture of water and electrolytes, you need to get a mix of those back in after that workout where you sweat a lot. So first off here, we want to replace the water that you lost during your workout or during that heavy sweating session if you're working out in your yard or something. As a general rule, for every pound you lose from sweating, you should replace it with 12 to 18 ounces of water. So you lose 16 ounces of weight, put it back in with 16 ounces of water is a, is a good rule there. But most people are not weighing themselves before and after exercise or before and after they split wood outside. So just remember on average, a person is gonna lose one to three pounds per hour sweating during a workout. It, it, depending on how heavy of a sweater you are is, is going to be whether you're losing a pound or three pounds. So post-workout, you probably need 12 to 36 ounces of water to rehydrate, possibly more depending on how hydrated you were at the start of your workout. So here's where thirst is a good indicator. If you drink a full bottle of water and you're still thirsty 30, 45 minutes later, you need to go drink some more water. Our bodies are, are telling us something with these thirst triggers. Now, along with that water, you also need to make sure that all of that water coming in is in balance with the electrolytes. And overhydrating with water and no electrolytes can be pretty dangerous. It can lead to hyponatremia or a dangerous lack of electrolytes in the body, and it can even be deadly. So don't go drinking you know, a gallon of water post-workout. And definitely don't be drinking tons and tons and tons of water throughout the day without making sure that you get that sodium, potassium, magnesium, and calcium in your body. And you can do this with some healthy snacks or 
post-workout meals or just meals throughout the day. It does not need to be a supplement or a sports drink. So along with that water that you drink after your workout, you need to make sure that you get something with sodium in it. So, you know, salted nuts, pretzels, crackers, table salt, anything's going to have salt in it. Uh, some foods that are high in potassium you could eat post-workout would be bananas, potatoes, dark leafy greens. Coconut water is very high in potassium. Uh, citrus fruits have potassium in them. Magnesium you can get from pumpkin seeds, almonds, cashews, peanut butter, spinach, beans. And then calcium you can get from you know, dairy products, milk, yogurt, but also almonds. You can also get calcium from broccoli. So a banana, some almonds, and a decent amount of water is going to be a great way to rehydrate you and get all of those electrolytes back in after a workout where you're sweating a lot. And remember, your muscles are mostly water. So rehydrating is going to help you recover better from your workouts and have more productive future workouts as well. Because you can really underhydrate one day and it definitely affect your performance the next day. So staying hydrated is something not just around your workouts. You need to be hydrated throughout the day here. Being underhydrated, so as little as 2% under optimal hydration levels in your body, is associated with a dramatic decrease in aerobic performance during exercise. So stay hydrated throughout the day. Don't just try to slam all the water before and after your workout. Keep drinking water throughout the day and eating foods that are high in these uh, minerals throughout the day, and it's going to help you out with your exercise. Now, I had a couple of questions come in from Instagram. I asked people what they wanted to know about sweat, and I got a couple of good questions here that I wanted to cover. The first one was alcohol-based sweating. So another thing that's going to increase how your sweat rate is consuming large amounts of alcohol. The reason this works is because alcohol speeds up your heart rate, it dilates your blood vessels, and these are things that also occur during physical activity. So it's kind of like tricking your body into thinking it needs to cool itself down, so you just start sweating. Your, and your eccrine glands uh, start pouring out sweat to try to cool you down, and who knows, maybe you're also stressed. If you're stressed drinking, then your apocrine glands are going to start uh, sweating all of this stuff out too. Now, People often think that you can sweat out alcohol, and it is true that a small amount of alcohol does come out in your sweat, but the overwhelming majority of alcohol is going to be removed from your kidneys, uh, removed via, sorry, removed via your kidneys and your liver. Uh, some in your, in, in your intestines, some things are removed out of there too. So sweating is not really something that's going to purge your body of all of that alcohol. Now, while we're on the subject of purging things out of your body, you're going to hear a ton about sweating out toxins, especially all over Instagram with you know, yoga instructors or people trying to sell you infrared saunas. They say you need to get a good sweat up to sweat out all these toxins. And the research behind these claims just isn't there. Your liver and your kidneys are going to detoxify your body as they filter things coming through. And as long as you have a healthy liver and healthy kidneys, they're going to do their job. So as for detoxing through sweating, just have a good diet full of vegetables and fruit, have good hydration practices, and exercise on a regular basis. And this means you're going to have a healthy liver and healthy kidneys and a healthy body that's going to do its job of detoxing you on a daily basis. Dr. Charles Smith from the University of Arkansas for Medical Science says, you cannot sweat out toxins from your body. Toxins such as mercury, alcohol, and most drugs are eliminated by your liver, intestines, and kidneys. 
by forcing your body to perspire through heat exposure or heavy exercise, you can actually cause your kidneys to save water and hang on to any toxins that may be circulating in your system. So you may actually be doing the opposite if you try to exercise a ton after a heavy night of drinking. You really need to hydrate well after something like that because you need to flush that stuff out of your body by filtering it through your liver, and your, your liver and your kidneys. So I know you've heard that infrared saunas and hot yoga classes can help you sweat out toxins, but I just haven't seen a consensus of studies that agree with this. And in fact, some of it in the opposite direction. You can dehydrate yourself by sweating too much and it makes it harder for your body to detox itself if you're dehydrated. The next question that we had coming from Instagram was, can you run out of sweat while working out? And this one actually, when I researched it, surprised me because I thought that at a certain rate, you get dehydrated and that when heat stroke sets in, that you would stop sweating, you know, because you're, you're going to pass out from being so hot. But it's a little bit different than, than what I always thought it was now that we know more about sweating. So it's all going to depend on your size, your physical fitness level, and your hydration level. But it is still possible to sweat buckets even once heat stroke sets in and you pass out. So theoretically, if you were attached to a treadmill and pumped full of liquids, you could keep on sweating forever because you have constant fluid coming in. So your sweat can never just stop. It would slow down once you got dehydrated. But once you start getting dehydrated, losing 3 to 5% of your body weight, then the sweating process starts to slow down and you're no longer able to effectively cool yourself. So Lawrence Armstrong is an environmental and exercise physiologist and he proved that the human body continues to sweat no matter how dehydrated it actually is because the hypothalamus is still sending nerve impulses to the sweat glands and you're going to sweat. So if sweating ever, ever stops, you're probably dead. If your core temperature goes above 104 degrees and the body overheats to the point of where proteins start to denature, at this point, the membranes of your tissues are going to lose their integrity and things start to leak out into your body. Your intestines can discharge bacteria into your bloodstream. The body goes into shock. By then, you're probably unconscious. Maybe you're even in a coma. So the whole point of sweat here is to prevent this from happening by keeping us cool. But even when our body overheats and starts to break down, you still might be sweating. It's actually impossible to sweat out every drop of water in your body. You will always continue to sweat. I know we kind of got dark here with this, but uh, for me, if you do lose that much water to the point of where your sweat rate is reduced and you can no longer effectively cool yourself, you're at risk of heat exhaustion and heat stroke or even death. So technically, yeah, you don't quote unquote run out of sweat, but essentially you're sweating enough to reduce the sweat rate and risk overheating. So Yes, you're not running out of sweat because there's still moisture in your body. You're not completely shriveled up and dry, but you are sweating enough to reduce your sweat rate, which is going to give your body uh, an increase in temperature that it can't regulate anymore, and you risk you know, heat stroke or even death because of having a dangerous elevation in your body temperature. So uh, that was one. Add this to the list of things I was wrong about from my last episode. Um, I thought at a certain point that sweat could effectively stop, but as long as you still have uh, some moisture in your body, which all of us do, uh, you're still going to be sweating even once heat stroke sets in. Uh, the next question that went along with that was, how long after drinking water can you start sweating again? 
So it takes about 10 minutes for, for the water that you drink to be absorbed by your body. So if you sweat enough for your sweat rate to be reduced, you can go drink some water, get some electrolytes, and have your body ready to sweat normally again pretty quickly. That being said, if you sweat that much to the point of where you're getting symptoms of dehydration or your body temperature is elevated because you're not sweating as effectively, I would suggest just stopping all exercise that day, rehydrating, and just chill out. Don't try to rehydrate and then go back out and run. Overheating during workouts is nothing to play around with, and your recovery from your training is way more important than the training itself. So if you do get to the point of where your sweat rate is reduced and your body temperature is going up, rehydrate quickly and just chill out, get into some cool temperatures. Now, obviously, right now we're getting into winter, so most of you all listening to this, we're not going to be thinking as much about dehydration, but actually it can happen a lot during the winter because you sweat and the the sweat is evaporating off of you quickly and it doesn't feel hot. So you can lose a ton of water while you're exercising and not, maybe not feel as thirsty because you're not out in the sun and you can risk dehydration. So please don't play around with it. Make sure you are hydrated before and after your workouts. Okay, a couple of myths that I want to dispel before we wrap up here, uh, and these are quick ones here. First one, sweat does not release endorphins. It's the actual active exercise that releases the endorphins. So if you feel great when you're in a sauna because you're sitting there sweating, that's because your mood is boosted because you're doing something you enjoy doing because some people love to sit in the sauna. It's not actually the sweat that is releasing the endorphins. Uh, when you exercise, the reason why you have that endorphin release is because those endorphins are related to exercise. So if you have a half an hour to produce some sweat, I would prefer you to go do some exercise as opposed to just sitting in a sauna because there's a whole other bunch of benefits to actual exercise that I think make it superior to just sitting in a sauna sweating. Next thing, uh, next myth about sweat, sweat is actually sterile. So now the bacteria on your skin is not. So don't go, you know, drinking someone's armpit sweat <laughs> because you're going to get sick. Uh, it's also disgusting. Um, but sweat is sterile. So you can't pass things through your sweat like you can your blood or your saliva or the droplets in your breath. So if someone's sweat gets on you, it's gross, but it's not going to make you sick. Now, the next myth, actually our last myth here before we wrap it up, is about sweat stains. Now, most of what makes the yellow sweat stains on your clothes is actually your antiperspirant, the aluminum in your antiperspirant mixing with the salt in your sweat. Most of the time, sweat itself is color colorless and is not going to stain your clothes. However, something wild that I found when I was researching for the podcast this week was a condition called chrome hydrosis and this is where your apocrine glands actually create a colored sweat and there is documentation of cases of people with red blue green pink and even black sweat that were actually documented in patients who have chrome hydrosis so these apocrine glands that are producing these fatty acids, these acids contain a, a color that comes out in the secretion of those glands and you end up with very colorful sweat. So there you go. If you want to look it up, chrome hydrosis uh, is the condition. So hopefully now you have a better appreciation for all of that sweat that you're pouring in the middle of your living room during your home workouts, or maybe the puddles around your treadmill if you're at a gym. Sweat is normal. Sweat is healthy. Sweat is necessary. So 
Don't think that you're out of shape just because you sweat a lot during workouts. You might actually be in better shape if you have a good bit of sweat pouring off of you during your workouts. Also, don't think that you are burning more calories just because you sweat more and you try to do things like wear a sauna suit or exercise in a sauna or do something dangerous that could risk you overheating. When really, you know, the amount of calories that you burn is relative to the amount of work that you're performing and your heart rate and your body size and your exercise history and all of those other things, it's not related to how much you're sweating during that workout. Hey, so if you aren't subscribed to Straight Shot Radio yet, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to right now. That'll give you notifications of when the next episode comes out. Uh, While you're there, if you could leave me a rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening to me on right now. That would be awesome. Uh, Please share this episode with a friend, maybe somebody who criticizes you for sweating too much. You can tell them, hey man, I'm just healthy. That's why I'm so sweaty over here. Uh, Also, if you're interested in what we do here at Straight Shot, you can head to straightshottraining.com. And while you're there, be sure to join our email club where you can get exclusive content, deals, and news from me and the other coaches at Straight Shot. So thank you so much for listening and have a great week, everybody.